Hello, 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 hello. Monique and I recorded this episode about two weeks ago during the beginning of the pandemic. I just wanted to let you guys know the timeline of this episode. I thought that I was going to have more time, which I did, but I also had a just a ton of pandemic anxiety. So I have finally gotten around to editing this. Thank you so much for your patience. We hope that you are doing well. We are in an unprecedented time and, well, a pandemic right now. So I hope wherever you are, you are safe and sound and that you enjoy this episode of The Rue. Let's get started. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Cool. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Rue. I'm Monique. And I'm Courtney, and we are welcoming you to the end times. Just kidding, folks, except not really. Uh, We are going through a major public global health crisis. You will note the name of this episode is episode four, My Corona. We are using dark humor right now to get through this. Um, If that offends you, I would recommend maybe not listening to this particular episode. We don't want to lose any listeners, but... Everyone is kind of going through some shit right now, so there's going to be a lot of cursing, a lot of um, mental health pep talks, a lot, a lot of everything. Um, in addition to what yeah. we're going to talk about, yeah, today. Um, first off, thanks for all the kind reviews and ratings on our podcast on iTunes. We really appreciate it. I'm not going to spend too much time on our self promotion because right now we're just going to get to the wildness that is uh our current situation and we know why we're here um i would just like to prepare you guys for the most buck wild episode we've done so far because (laughs) this is truly a global issue i mean we're in a pandemic so we sent out yeah we sent out a call basically uh to ask people questions and answer style um like to do that kind of style episode based on what you're what you're wondering about during this during the covid19 uh pandemic and I am going to start off by asking, how are you, Monique? And also, happy early birthday, Monique's birthday. Well, by the time uh, everybody listens to it, it might have passed by the time I get to editing yeah. and posting it. But happy birthday, Monique. We love you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's she's so like, weird. yeah, I love spinning it's it a- inside. <laughs> it's an awful time to have a birthday i really yes. feel for everyone who has a birthday in march or april right now yes um so i've been like like I'll, I'll talk about me personally and then i'll just like give some context on where new orleans is but me personally right. not doing well mental health is tanking every day all right um, happy birthday yeah, and, <laughs> and then it's it's added on top of like it's my birthday on monday and i can't celebrate and i'm not talking to my friends like i normally am and like it's just like I'm prepping myself for just, like, a really bummy birthday, which I will later make up whenever, like, all of this is over, but it's just, like, damn, this is a depressing time. Um, Staying inside is hard. Not being with my friends as much is hard. And it's stuff that I I didn't imagine would be so hard until someone was telling me, like, no, you can't. Um, So, yeah, it definitely makes me appreciative for these things, and I will appreciate them hopefully a lot more whenever I'm allowed outside again. Six Um, weeks, eight weeks, we don't know. (laughs) You're not sure. Who the hell knows? (laughs) Um, But New Orleans is also weird. Um, We're actually in the middle of, like, 
what should be festival season and like you know the weather's warming up this is usually a time whenever a lot of people gather and get together and everything like that all of our festivals are obviously canceled so people are really upset about that it's very sad um the government right now is like mandating it's weird because there's like a lot of mixed messaging from governments across the U.S., which is super frustrating. Yes. Um, yes. Can I just cut in to say, so yeah. at, because I'm, well, I'm reading lots of reports, you know, from the U.S., but obviously reading a lot more from Europe. So the federal government hasn't really, it's basically been up to the states, right? Yeah, like just decide how to respond. Kind of, I, I'm actually not super clear on this. Like the states do have a lot of power on like how they respond because right. I mean, it's like they're governing in individual countries and, right. um, and the, the pandemic is different in pretty much every state. So I think that's why states still have full control, but I know the federal government is giving guidelines and the states are pretty uh, much following those. So okay. there is federal mandates. Like you're not supposed to gather in groups of more than 10 people. And then new Orleans and stated that as well and stuff like right. that. So they're definitely giving guidelines, but I don't know if it has gone as far as to like mandate states to do that because that's a legal implication and you know states Mm. rights are a big thing and everything like that so i I think it's more of just like people are following what the federal government is laying out but ultimately it's in the state's control um but new orleans and louisiana in general is a little bit weird most of the cases of covid in um louisiana are in new orleans i think we're approaching 500 cases soon we're at four something right now um so Really, it's been like this very quick sort of like day by day changing situation because it started out and it was originally just like social distancing, but you can still be in groups of 250, like just like wash your hands and like all sorts of stuff like that. And it has slowly deteriorated to you are not allowed to leave your house uh, unless you are going to the grocery store, you're going on like recreational walks, but you can't gather in groups. Uh, we can still get takeout from restaurants and stuff like that. Um, we can still like go to the pharmacy. Um, but like anything that is claimed non-essential is like not happening anymore. And they're advising us like not to like go over to our friend's house anymore or things like that or whatever, which before that, like you still kind of could, as long as like you were in smaller groups, but they're kind of like, cracking down on that especially as we're able to test more people and we're able to realize like how uh big of a community spread it has been here in new orleans so wow yes and like we were discussing a little bit before we started the show that new orleans you know just had mardi gras which if this virus has been around for as long as we suspect it to and people have been infected without knowing that that was probably a big yeah uh, yeah. st patty's day too (laughs) It, it we had to cancel that actually. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, they can't. That was the weekend where like things started like ramping up, and New Orleans canceled a bunch of things. Um, right. So that like was, a like, public really official started sweating. They were like, <laughs> they were like, so uh, turns Too out actually you have to go home. Yeah. Um. So. Crap! I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> it's honestly that's the uh, Corona brain. Okay. It's the pandemic brain. I know it really is what like literally there's say, yes what I was gonna say is that it's actually very comforting to me that we have had this since Mardi Gras and probably beyond like that is the thing that I keep telling myself to like mm-hmm. not freak out is that this is pr- okay at minimum this has been circulating since Mardi Gras 
probably has been circulating all of flu season. Like this is not mm-hmm. just in the United States or anything like that. We have no way to prove that but like just given the fact that like flu season was really severe and like all these things it's like there is a high probability that like this has been in our midst for longer than we think it's not like exploding it's just that we are learning facts about it and that is what's keeping me calm and helping me sleep at night (laughs) yes yes and it has been hard to keep calm i think honestly for everybody across the globe yes it's i mean anxiety is up depression's up uh you know we're going to talk about a lot of like distorted eating a little bit later like it's it's really hard for everyone and like one thing my coworker reminded me of is like we're all going through this together like everyone yes. is suffering from the same you know anxiety and changes in their schedule and everything like that together um yes. So, yeah. But, uh, Courtney, tell us a little bit about how France is going. I know you guys have, like, a full-blown quarantine yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, um, Macron got on the on the airwaves, and he was like, listen up, idiots. He was like, you're at home. Um, <laughs> you're not allowed outside. No, uh, he was actually quite well-spoken. Uh, anytime he gives an address, it's, like, extremely intimate because it's, like, a close-up of him and, like, Aww. the way that he looks at you it's like, you're the only person in the room. I'm like, Oh, um, wow, I yeah. Wish. So, right. Like I'm, and for me, I, I, my, my French friends are split on Macron. He doesn't have that great of a, an approval rating for me compared to Trump. I'm, I'm quite fond of him. <laughs> um, like, you're great Macron. <laughs> yes. Yes. So one of France's problems obviously is that we're so close to Italy, which saw such, I mean, it's Italy is currently still being devastated right now. Also Spain too. I was reading recently, Uh, we, and that might, you know, maybe it's, uh, I don't know if they have a direct like link to what kind of caused that. I think what I've been reading the suspicion is one cruises in the Mediterranean are so popular and Italy is just one, a huge destination for travel in general. And so the Northern region, I believe is like what's being most affected, but for France, we've seen, I mean, we're seeing a huge uptick in cases, basically the the name of the game right now is, um, yeah, you can't leave your house unless you're doing a few specific things. Ours is more strict. I was just showing Monique before the show. I have like an actual little um, permission slip that I have to print out. It's in uh, attestation. Um, so basically it's I'm giving my address. I'm giving my name. I'm giving my birthday. And I'm basically saying, okay, I am leaving my house for these reasons during the pandemic. And so either I can do it because either I'm an assistant essential workers. So like I'm a healthcare worker, grocery store workers doing something like that. And I can't work from home. Um, and that's not possible. So that's okay. You can do a little bit of physical activity as long as it's within two kilometers of your house and you're doing it alone. You can't really go with a partner. You can, however, if you're like a mom or a daddy, you want to take your kids out. That's okay. I mean, they have to have the guardian to be out in general, I think. Um, I think you only have to do like one permission set for that, but I have no idea because I don't have children. I just have a pub and, uh, but I do have to mark, like, usually I'm just using the permission slip to say, I'm going to walk my dog, which is like the last reason. And yeah. So besides that and buying groceries and stuff, like you're really not supposed to go out. And if they, like, if you're out gathering with your friends or something, you can be slapped with, I think it's 135 euro fine. And today, yeah, I was reading like I, I'm in like a bunch of different international groups, like in my city and online and in France and stuff. And so, of course, everyone is sending each other news. And so basically now they're also threatening people with jail time. Like if you're really 
like driving, you know, to like other cities and you're not supposed to be traveling right now. And it's quite shocking because like, so the whole point of the European Union, you know, was to ease travel and to make it easier. And like, we've, this feels very strange to suddenly have these lockdowns in place. I had to very tearfully say goodbye to a lot of my close friends, um, and my international group that I wasn't prepared to say, yeah, I wasn't prepared to say goodbye to them until this summer when they were supposed to leave. And like, they had to get, they had to get back home. Like two of them went to Canada. One of them went to England. Like there's, it's just a bit of chaos right now. And, um, I feel quite lucky though, because like I'm in a house with some space, like, um, for me, I mean, yes, my mental health is, not great right now. Uh, it really depends on the day. Um, I think that there's just sort of a general cloud of anxiety over most people and mm-hmm. that's okay. I think that, you know, it's important to have realistic and healthy expectations of yourself. Um, as somebody who is a big productivity person, I'm trying to remind myself, you know, like the work that I get done, like I want it to be, um, you know, like it's, it's okay that I'm not doing as much right now. Um, because yeah, like there's, yeah. I've also had to remind myself of that. I know that you're more used to working at home, but like, I think like going from not working at home as much, or at least like I, I was doing like half work at home, like half in the office, half in a coffee shop, like that kind of deal. Um, but like for me, it's like, it's one, what you're saying of like, there's a lot of anxiety right now. It is okay not to be productive. Even if you're used to working from home, it's okay not to be productive because of like your mental health and like everything that's going on. But then like, there's this added bonus on top of it. If you're not used to working from home that it's like, how the hell do I do this? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I've never in my life, except for maybe like no, not even high school because we moved around from classroom to classroom. I have never in my life like just sat in one place and done work. And now all of a sudden I have to. And it's like driving me crazy right now. Yes. Yeah. I I work from home full time. Um, I have been doing that for the last year. And even for me, you know, I would say that I'm somebody where I'm like, OK, yeah, I usually know my typical schedule. And right now it's up in the air. Like my, my sleep schedule has been changing because of anxiety. Um, I'm trying to be gentle with myself because of that. Um, and what I've done right now is basically, so like we have a, I would say a smaller size house, especially considering like American standards, like in Europe, it's probably Mm -hmm. like, Ooh, big, but, um, (laughs) we live in like a suburb area. So, um, you know, like we haven't really had any like police checks and stuff. That's for more of the downtown where there's a lot more people. Um, but so in our, um, in our area, we're lucky to have like a two story smaller house with like a little front yard, little backyard. So I still get to move around Mm -hmm. and, and work out. But I've been like, I'm the type of person, like I'm either like full fetal position or like full, like I am working out like three times a day just to, just to get rid of the anxiety that's inside me. Um, yeah. So it's, um, it's been intense. Um, yeah. For sure. Also, one thing I'm curious about, um, how are grocery stores there? So actually, uh, Alex and I, before the official lockdown went into place, we uh, went to the grocery store together. It was pretty busy. That was before things got super serious. Um, but it's like a little local market that we went to. So it's yeah. not super big. Um and then he did the grocery shopping the other day because we're trying to just go out once a week for groceries. So we're keeping a lot of mm-hmm. things, you know, 
freezer, but also we like, so before this actually got to be a big deal in February, I like, we were already kind of looking at the news and seeing, you know, some things happening. And, um, we were just like, you know, let's just buy some pasta now, just in case we're going (laughs) to use it anyways. Like we're going to buy some pasta, buy some rice. Yeah. And like, we were really lucky because, um, you know, we did it a bit earlier, I think than everybody else, but I think also because, you know, what I have friends who are working in biotech and stuff and they were like, Hey, this is probably going to like be a thing. So yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Um, but you know, like everybody we're we're just trying to take, uh, take it day by day. And for me, that is basically just going to be getting ripped. Um, while also eating a sleeve of Oreos sometimes in a full day, uh, because that's what it is right now. And I'm trying to be gentle yeah. with myself about it. We're going to talk about that more um, when we get into our questions and inputs from listeners. But um, that's, yeah, a, I mean, that's great that you stocked up. I was actually just asking because, you know, America is going crazy right now. Like, it is yes. true. Like, all the pictures that you see, it's like every grocery store I go in, there are multiple aisles that are just completely cleared out. I have not been able to find rice. Uh, I have not been able to find dry beans. I have not. Chicken and, like, beef and stuff like that are very hit or miss. Like, I go to one right. grocery store and they have absolutely no chicken. And then I go to another grocery store and they have no ground meat, but they have tons of chicken. And it's, like, every day it's, like, I feel fine. And then I go into a grocery store and I'm like, oh my God, it's the apocalypse, even though it's really not. And we have plenty of food and like things are okay. It's just like people are freaking out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because it's so herd behavior and sociology panic buying. And it's good that people are now putting limits on what we can buy because it actually yes. allows the grocery stores to restock uh, in time and do that here. <laughs> yes. Well, they've done it already because my dad is a manager of, um, an HEB oh. store in Texas. And so they've been very strict and now their, their hours, I think are 8am to 8pm so that the yeah. employees have time to restock. So oh, it's, yeah. So yeah, I, th- okay, but I think that's, that's yeah. And for me too, you know, there's been a lot of talk about like, you know, people hoarding when they don't need to, um, I think that, you know, if you are an average person who doesn't, you know, necessarily have maybe a mental illness like anxiety that compels you to maybe hoard necessities or you didn't have like an unstable childhood where like you feel Mm -hmm. like you have to have extra food. um, You know, it is unfortunate because we're seeing some of those resources being taken away from more high risk groups, like when older people are going out to grocery shop because they don't have anyone to do it for them. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, I, I'm, whenever I see a news story, which I'm trying to limit myself to once a day, I I'm just trying really hard not to judge. Um, Mm -hmm. it is hard though, because like in France, for example, when I see people like breaking the rules, it frustrates me because I'm following the rules. Um, or like people will be trying to come up to me, like I'm walking my dog and, you know, sometimes people want to you know, say hello, but I'm like respiratory droplets, people like first off, <laughs> say a meter, say a meter or more away from me. And like, there are some people, and especially I've been shocked by the amount of older people that seem to be like, not really caring all that much, like not like necessarily respecting yeah. as much as I thought they would. 
So I don't, I don't know. That's, but that's all anecdotal observation. So yeah, no, I mean, I I feel like it's pretty similar here and I'm trying to give grace to a lot of people, including myself, because it's like, it's a huge change. And I understand why, like, you're not maybe following the rules fully today. I mean, even for myself, it's like, uh, there are a lot of rules that I have straight up, like not followed and like very intentionally knowing like, okay, I'm supposed to do this, but I'm not going to do this. And I do like, there's some things I do feel guilty about, but it's also like, I'm trying to forgive myself for that and like trying to do better and like realizing yes. that it's like this is a really big change and not everyone is going to, you know, be really strict about it in the beginning because it's like they're getting used to it. So, um, yeah, it's just it's a it's weird times. I think, yeah, the grocery store like hoarding thing is something that I, it's harder for me to be a little bit gentler on because it's like, right. Uh, yeah. And like, I think it's just because it elicits like a very emotional response to me to like not see food on the shelves. And then like, I freak out and then I'm mad at people for making me freak out because they're hoarding toilet paper or rice or whatever. And it's like, there's so many people in need, but it's like, I don't know, man, there's no playbook for this. Like we're all. Exactly. Because, uh, I was talking with another friend of mine who's from Louisiana and she is now, um, she might be, she's maybe in the Midwest, but she's away from her family and she's not going back home because her family's house is already like filled up. But we were talking and in some ways we were saying we wish since we're from Louisiana, we wish that it was almost a hurricane because that hurricane, at least you can see it coming and it's physical and it's there. It's a natural disaster. A pandemic is also a natural disaster, but it's one that's, you can't see the virus like, you know, in the air, unless you have special equipment. Um, and it's, it's almost like a bit, um, you know, it's like, okay, we just had this huge wave of post-apocalyptic films for like the last 20 years. And now it's like, oh, oh, like it, it <laughs> kind of, it stokes, like we have all these images in our minds of that. And even in hurricane, um, you know, panic buying, like where people hoard resources and stuff that made more, I think, logical sense to me. I remember, um, I think a lot of us are going through some PTSD from natural disasters like Hurricane Gustav and Katrina. I remember taking cold showers. I remember makeshift doing like, uh, like, you know, doing whatever you could, eating MREs from the army that like were handing out resources. So there's a lot of, a lot of stuff in the air. I mean, like that, and that makes Total sense. I mean, someone in my life really described like this anxiety well. And it's like for people who experience things like hurricanes, it's like it's like you've prepped for the hurricane and like you're waiting for it to happen and it never comes. And like that is like exactly what the anxiety feels like. But it's like yeah i'm I'm used to the hoarding like i'm used to like the anxiety around some like impending doom especially just like living like where i do but it's like yes. for those things it was always like there's a reason for this it's like your power could go out you won't be able to go get the groceries or whatever and then like right. not having that logic for this is like stressing me the hell out it's like there's no reason for me to hoard water or toilet paper or whatever it's like this is not what this is um but i think we're just so ingrained to like think of emergencies like this that we're just we're going all out in the ways that we know how to prepare for something like this right right and for and i think for everyone across the globe that looks a little bit differently because for example it's like okay if you're in california like suddenly 
your, okay, your earthquake preparedness is going to look different from obviously pandemic preparedness from the Midwest tornado. You can see it, you know, the storm conditions, there's, there's so many things where, yeah, it is like, we're waiting for something. We're not sure it could come. Maybe it's already there. Maybe you're already infected. Don't go around people. (laughs) Um, but ultimately the, the thing is, is, um, you know, like I'm not here to judge anyone. For example, if you cannot do your job and you literally have to obviously work to make a living to make rent and stuff and you can't do it mm-hmm. from home and you have to go into work um yeah. i know unfortunately a lot of people have lost their jobs or been fired so that they can file for unemployment i hope that the government provides some sort of aid package for like united states citizens in france i'm not sure what it's going to look like but yeah. um you know i'm i'm not going to judge on that but if you can stay home stay at home because we're trying, what we're trying to do is flatten the curve. I mean, everybody's probably heard it, you know, if you've been online, uh, which I think most people are online because a lot of us are basically at home. Um, (laughs) yeah, that's the only thing we can do right now. So yeah. So happy birthday, Monique. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great time to be turning 25, everyone. I also just want to use this moment to send a special shout out to Nintendo because I think they are the only reason I am going to get through this. Like the sole reason I will come out of this sane is because of Nintendo. Um, so thank you creators of Zelda and Animal Crossing, especially. (laughs) You're truly, they're truly um, heroes in this time. Hope that everybody was able to get their download or their uh, delivery. I know that, I don't know, there were some GameStop is like, which is like, just like the worst store in general. They're like, they're like, oh, stay open no matter what, you're essential. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, fuck those guys. Also, it's like, there's so many ways you could have got that game. You can buy it on the Switch, people. Yes, yes. So I, I judge both. GameStop and anyone who goes into GameStop to buy it. At this point. Yeah, so that's our that's our PSA. You can you can download things like I downloaded Sims Four again from Origin uh, on the Love Mac. It. They had a great um, sale. Yes, they are actually having an amazing sale right now, and that's another thing is like so for if you are in the position to help like for local businesses and stuff, people are saying like buy gift cards, buy things that you mm-hmm. can do. Um, in France, they've actually, so we're, we've stayed open for like restaurants can stay open just for delivery and, um, for the delivery apps, they've waived the fee. So it's free mm-hmm. to deliver with like Uber eats our delivery, yeah. which is like our kind of Postmates. Um, yeah. and basically like you can also be like, okay, just like drop it at the door. So you don't have to do any actual human interaction okay. with them. I'm pretty sure, I don't know about y'all, but Uber Eats here, I'm pretty sure, like, their no delivery fee has been a scam because there's still, like, the service fee, which I'm pretty sure they've doubled because we had to pay, like, $15 to get something delivered here what? the other day. And I was like, this okay, is that's not shady. free. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't, like, the tip or anything. Like, right. it was in addition to that. It was Uber's cut. <laughs> yes. Like, okay. Damn, guys. That's a little shady. Well, well Uber. You're listening. You want to comment on that? Fuck you guys. Yes. And on that positive note. <laughs> anyway, going let's get into the content of this show. Yeah, so we're going real loosey-goosey, people. Um, <laughs> we are, I mean, we all essentially have a gas leak right now in our apartments or homesteads or houses. Like, we are just, uh, everybody's everybody's cracking up just a little bit. So, <laughs> but we, we reached out to people and we asked questions so Abby asked, I bought a ginormous head of cabbage. Do y'all have any tasty or healthy recipes for cabbage? Panic buying cabbage. If you're panic buying cabbage, suddenly you've got a shit ton of cabbage. Monique has got solutions. 
<laughs> cabbage is the thing to panic buy. I love cabbage. There are so many things you can do with it. And it's also great for times like this or any time of need or panic because um, it, it's just something that you can really stretch for a long time because like throughout generations, it has been like a source of sustenance for people suffering from disasters like famine or war or even just suffering from poverty. So like even today, there are just so many things you can make cheaply with cabbage. Um, and additionally, cabbage is really great for the long haul. It can last for up to two months in the refrigerator if you don't cut it and you minimize bruising. Wow. Um, and if you that's, that's that, a long time. And if you freeze it, it can last for almost a year and a half. Like cabbage is a hearty vegetable. So if you ever need something that's just going to like last a long time and you can do a lot of things with, it's cabbage. Um, so anyway, Abby, here are a few things that you can do with cabbage, or at least my favorite things you can do with cabbage. Um, the first thing is smothered cabbage. Cabbage. It's one of my favorite recipes from my mom, and it's super easy. All you have to do is, you know, chop up an onion and some sort of like salted meat, like tasso, and you saute that. And while you're sauteing that, you cut up your cabbage. Um, you should keep it in larger chunks. Um, I think my mom may actually just like put the whole leaf in there. Um, but if you want to just cut it in half because you want it a little bit smaller, that's cool too. Okay. Um, but once your meat and onions are browned, you throw that in, and you throw that in with a little bit of oil and just like a little bit of water like a few tablespoons to cover the bottom of your pot um mix that all up cover it let it smother for a few minutes like maybe 15 minutes then open it up once it's wilted down a little bit season it cover it again for maybe another 15 minutes and let it go until it's like really wilted down and very very soft um, and then you can season it to your taste again um, so that's really easy we usually eat that as a side really but i'm sure like if you really loved cabbage you could eat that as a whole meal to be honest um i have i've then, made the terrible mistake of being hungry while we're about to record this podcast Woo! all right that sounds delicious when <laughs> um next thing you could do is like salted i'm not salted i'm sorry <laughs> It's the COVID brain. Uh, it's the COVID brain. Cabbage. <laughs> sauteed cabbage is on the rise. Um, and for it's great for like making an actual meal. All you got to do is brown some sort of protein of your choice. Sausage or beef goes really well with this. <laughs> add some oil or some butter and then add in the cabbage that you like thinly chopped up and saute it until the cabbage is mostly soft but not mushy. You're not smothering it like the other ones, so you're not going to cover it and you're not going to try to get it like super, super soft. Um, this is just enough so that it's not like super crunchy whenever you eat it. And that's like the basic recipe you just saute some cabbage with some meat or something like that. But there's a lot of ways you can build on this. It's one of those recipes that you can just do a lot of different things with. So you can add peas or onions or bell peppers, or maybe like you can throw in some rice with it. Um, you can really just customize it to taste however you want and to include whatever ingredients you want. So if you have like uh, other things, you can just like throw it in here. It's very easy. Mm, that sounds um, so yummy. <laughs> next thing is that cabbage is awesome for salads um i love making cabbage salads and usually whenever we make gumbo my family will usually thinly chop up some strips of cabbage and mix it in with vinegar and olive oil salt pepper and make just like a little side salad for us to eat with it um so i could totally see you doing something like that and just adding whatever you usually eat in salad i i know people are very different but like you could just like throw in some grilled chicken or some mm -hmm. carrots or whatever um or you could use a different dressing it's just it's really great for that if you just like want a nice light meal 
Um, but my last and favorite recommendation is cabbage rolls. Cabbage rolls are beautiful. They're easy. They are delicious. And they have strong roots like across the world. There is a recipe for cabbage rolls in Europe, the Balkans, the Levant, Iran, the Caucasus, and even Asia. Um, I'm learning now after doing research for this. Well, damn cabbage rolls. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's definitely one of those dishes that everyone just has a take on so that there are so many ways to create this dish. And I think they all have, you know, the basic tenets of, you know, you boil down your cabbage so that it's soft enough for you to roll. You place some sort of filling in it, you roll it up and you cook it um, and either serve it with some sort of like uh, sauce or dipping sauce or something like that. My mom's recipe consists of, um, you know, combining like either raw beef or pork with cooked rice and then we roll that into the cabbage we pack them tightly in like a little pan and we put some tomato sauce over it um and Mm. we make that in the oven for an hour and it comes out delicious and these things are like massive so like two of them are like a whole ass meal um but i know like in the levant so think you know lebanon and syria they actually have like a very similar meat and rice mixture but they roll it very thinly into like these long thin cigar like shape so like you you eat a little bit more of them i'm also learning uh that there are korean cabbage rolls which sound absolutely delicious and i think what they do is they use kimchi on top of them as oh like my gosh that sounds so good right? i'm like damn i need to do my cabbage rolls with that because i i imagine it would taste pretty similar to like what my mom does but just like right. with kimchi um, and so like honestly, that, I love kimchi so much. Uh, it's I wish, so good. If you get I, a good one, it's yes. like amazing. Yes. Um, but yeah, and also the great thing about cabbage rolls is you don't have to add meat if you don't want to. Right. Um, a really great way to make them vegetarian is you could just do like rice and chickpeas or some sort of bean, um, and just roll that up in the cabbage. So right. there's there's a lot of different takes you can um, do on it depending on your taste. However, um, if you make them they're great for like a filling full meal and you can freeze them um, for I think up to six months is what my mom said she's usually done. So like if you want to make a big batch and just save some for later, like that's totally doable. Um, But these are my favorites. Uh, Cabbage is becoming a little trendy now. Uh, (gasps) Cabbage, the new vegetable. I know. It's like, it's so strange how things like this that are considered like, you know, poor man's food and like very simplistic things or whatever are coming back as like really like trendy on point things to eat. Right. So and even thinking about these recipes, uh, it had me thinking a lot. And, you know, I don't particularly like to think about food scarcity, um, but with America's, you know, hoarding trends right now, it's kind of forced me to just think about what are the things in my food culture and other food cultures that were meant to get you a long way on very little during crisis. And cabbage has been one of those things. Cornbread's another. Bean dishes are, of course, one of those things. And pretty much every rice dish, I think, both in Cajun mm-hmm. Creole cuisine and all cuisines. Um, rice and gravy in particular, I thought about as like just a great way to get meat to go a very, very long way. Yes. Um, so, you know, um, cabbage is definitely one of the things. But if you're going to the grocery store and you want things similar that are just going to like last you a really long time, my staples are usually like a giant bag of rice, dried beans, lentils, flour, eggs, milk, cornmeal, grits and hearty vegetables like the cabbage or onions or potatoes. And you can literally make thousands of recipes for months just with those things. 
Yes, literally. And cheese, we're not kidding when we say like thousands of recipes. I mean, these are, yeah. And if we think back to historically, it makes sense because, okay, if you're in an area like before with the age of supermarkets, what's, what's the easiest thing to grow? Potatoes, onions, cabbage, they're all hearty, very, very hearty. And they're very very disease resistant. Yes. I even grew cabbage once and I'm pretty sure like there were these bugs really trying hard to like get at it and it didn't. Well, get your cabbage patch kids. It's the last thing we do. (laughs) (laughs) We're coming for you. Cabbage is great. Uh, Everyone should buy some cabbage. (laughs) Yeah. So everyone, we're, you know what? And it's not big cabbage. Okay, like Big Pharma trying to pay us to tell you to go buy cabbage. We are endorsing cabbage. (laughs) Now that's an endorsement I can get behind. Yes. Cool. Nadia says, I have more time to cook and think about meals since I'm privileged enough to work from home. I also am less hungry since I'm not using as much energy, which is weird because I'm trying to schedule in meals and avoid mentally unhealthy amounts of bored snacking. The biggest challenge has been knowing I need to eat, but all the anxiety and lack of movement is making me less hungry. Mm -hmm. I'm going to experiment with lighter meals that are really nutrition packed, like smoothies for breakfast, for example, instead of something heavy. So this is a super interesting submission. Thank you so much for sending this in. Um, And it's a great point because nutrition needs change during times of rest. Sometimes we're more active, sometimes we're less active. But we also want to say that this is a hard time for people for falling back into disordered eating. Or maybe let's say you've never necessarily had a relationship that's been disordered with food before. But in a pandemic, I think that I mean, I would largely say in American society, you know, it's it's pretty promoted to like emotional eating is not that and it's not that uncommon for many people. Um, I think for some people, it becomes a, a bigger issue than others. But there's been plenty of jokes about it, plenty of memes about it. Um, and so I'm just going to say too, like, I, I think that it's great to think about, you know, okay, I'm trying to think about nutritionally packed meals and stuff like that. But if you are stress eating in this time, be gentle with yourself. It, like mindless yes. snacking. I think that it's really important to just be very soft with ourselves at this point. Uh, yep. We are in, you know, something that we've never really experienced before. And we all respond to things in different ways. And, you know, for, for example, like for this submission, like that might be a great step for you, but maybe it's different for somebody else who is like, okay, actually I'm, you know, experiencing a binge eating disorder. And I, I, yeah. I bought the food that I needed but I'm going to have to put it away so that I can, you know, if that's that personal person's decision and, you know, they have that uh, safety plan with themselves. So it's, it's weird because now we're thinking of food in terms of uh, I think more survival, but also this is such a huge issue and we don't, we don't want to just skip over it because honestly it's coming up a lot. Yeah, totally. I mean, this is a really hard time for mental health and food has a lot to do with that. And it looks very different for all of us. Like Nadia said, it's like it can manifest in like I'm too anxious to eat or it can be overeating. Yes. Um, I've talked to pretty much the majority of my women friends about how our disordered eating is surging because of quarantine, um, especially mine. Like I, you know, I had like a really rough time like in a similar period where I wasn't going out as much, like after college, whenever I was job mm-hmm. searching and everything like that. And it's like, that's just bringing up so many feelings of like what that was and how, like 
how many body image issues came out of that. So like, this is a really scary time for me because I don't want to go back into that. But also it's like balancing both that fear of like, I don't want to be in that place again, but also trying to be gentle with myself and realizing yes. that this is just like uncharted territory for me. Um, so I really, I just want to reiterate what Courtney said too, that, you know, now is not the time to beat yourself up. We are all going through a major life change together and eating is going to look different no matter what. So just be gentle with yourself. It's okay if your body changes and if your anxiety or depression is changing your relationship with food, there are lots of things you can do about it. Um, but like the, really the key thing is to just not beat yourself up. And, uh, Nadia really outlined some great suggestions that she's trying out for herself. I really love the idea of like packing in a lot of nutrients into your food or breaking up your meals, both for if you're having trouble eating or if you feel like you're eating too much in a way that's like unhealthy to you or makes you feel bad because I don't think right. anybody should be feeling bad that if we're like eating things that make us happy, like it's okay to eat more cookies than usual. Like if you're sad right now, like that's yes. fine. But if it gets to a point where it's like, I don't feel good, this is not healthy, then that's where like the, the problem is. So like, don't beat yourself up too much. But like, you know, there's things like that, that we can do to, to help us regain, I guess, like normalcy, like, that's what it feels like to me It's just like having a structure so that it's like my, my body and my eating can feel normal. Yes, um, absolutely. But also, if you're you're still in a place that lets you go outside, you know, taking walks multiple times a day has really helped my anxiety a lot, as well as just making sure that I'm still connecting with my family and friends somehow, you know, I'm checking in with my coworkers a lot more during the workday. I'm calling my family and friends during walks. Uh, I'm visiting all my friends in their new animal crossing towns. Um, just <laughs> things like that, that help me get out of my head and make me feel more human and normal and connected. Also just want to say, get a therapist. Like if you are struggling right now, find a therapist. Lots of therapists, including mine, have transitioned to online therapy. There's also so many like services like that now. I think it's I think there's like better help and talk space and all sorts of things like that. There's a way for you to connect with someone right now. And I think a lot of us need that right now, even if you don't feel like you maybe need it yes. continuously, you know? Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, and we realize that not everybody has the resources. Um, like, for example, I have transitioned with my therapist to doing FaceTime um, because we can't see each other in her office. And uh, she's told me, you know, that plenty of people have canceled and stuff on her because they're unsure of, you know, if they're going to, you know, be able to afford therapy. And um, mm -hmm. and for me, luckily, my, my job has not been disrupted. My financial flow has not been disrupted. And I am in a very privileged place where I can, you know, get that therapy, but definitely, um, I think what Monique said about, so, you know, calling people, I think this is a really interesting time because we're seeing a lot more of like, we're reaching out to people. I mean, it's an extremely anxiety inducing time. And when we, when we socially distance, we don't have to emotionally distance and yes. we don't have to completely cut off communication. And for some of us, I know, so like for a lot of people, you know, maybe you're um, like I'm talking about like attachment styles, like you can be like avoidant, you can be like very aggressive, like you can like there's there's all different styles, like some people isolate, some people um, they, they reach out to people more. And we do know from scientific literature, like with mental illness and with any sort of thing, like um, because I would say, too, even if you're not necessarily considering yourself of like, oh, I have a mental illness. This is a time where I would say that a lot of people are experiencing like a lot of maaladaptive like health situations, just yeah. like in, yeah, it's a stressful time. So and much so, stress. 
Yes. And um, I would say uh, limit your news time, especially because a lot of it is just the same stuff getting repeated over and over. I think the media has... It's it's a bit disappointing. (laughs) They're like I mean I think it's it's we know that it's important to overreact in the pandemic so that way we don't look back and say wow we really underreacted and lost so many lives. I mean it it truly is like we need to trust science on this. Um, It's just that of course sometimes science doesn't always go (laughs) to our policymakers in the way that we want it to. Um, We've gathered a few resources. uh, Oh sorry. No, I was just going to say that my coworker recently said something to me that I'm living my life by. And she said, yeah. CDC and memes only, uh, which I think everyone should do. Like the best thing I did for my mental health was I turned off my news notifications and I stopped reading all these goddamn think pieces about scientific yes. research. Like do not go to the New York Times or Vox or CNN to read about research that the CDC or the WHO is doing. Like they don't know how to interpret scientific data and they are also not contextualizing it in a way that is saying like, this is really new and it's not, it should not be taken as fact right now. Like this, this does not mean that, you know, like X amount of people are being hospitalized. It's just what happened in this very small group that people were looking at. And so they're taking things like that and like hyping it up and whatever. So it's like they're they're feeding off of anxiety essentially for like the clicks and everything like that. And these yes. organizations do a really important job of keeping us informed. And there's a lot of great journalists covering this amazingly, but like there's also a lot of really crappy ones. So like yes. really take a step back away from reading those things and go to the CDC or the WHO or whatever your reputable like health organization is in your country and look at that whenever you need information about this or you feel like you need to like look at things like this. Yes. Yeah. And and limit, I would say definitely limit your news time, not necessarily taking personal news, like with people like, yes, stay in touch with your friends and stuff, but definitely if you can either do like a a timer or something on your phone or even delete the app on your phone, like I have a New York times subscription and I only check it now, uh, at night. Um, and, or like in the morning, depending on like how I'm feeling my day is going to go. Um, but you know, connecting socially through virtual means, like if you have like internet access and a smartphone and stuff, which I think for the, for a lot of people they do in the Western world, um, practicing self-care through proven techniques. So this is, you know, I always get frustrated because like every like thing face that I've found across is like, now's the time to like start yoga and like deep breathing. And I'm like, this is, this is good advice, but it feels patronizing um, yes. because, you know, these people aren't always saying like, hey, we are in an unprecedented uh, epidemic. Yeah. And so that's, yeah, that's what thing. I get irritated about. Same thing with all the people. It's like the same exact thing with all the people that are pushing. Um, you should start a new hobby right now or learn yes. a different language. And it's like, what if we just decided to like make it through the day and feel yes. our emotions and cope with the fact that our world just radically changed in less than a week? Like, what if we just yes. did that? <laughs> yes. Be realistic. Yeah. Be realistic about your expectations with yourself and and. I am somebody who is like, who would be that person, not, not ever telling people like, Oh, just like, third yeah. hobby, like blah, blah, blah. but I am that person who does start a million hobbies. Like I literally have yes. like a robotics kit waiting for me where I'm like, I can't wait to like dive into this at some point during this time. But it's also hard. Like, it's sort of like, you know, when you go to the beach or like, like you go on vacation and you're like, I'm going to bring like two books in the and I'm like, yes. you literally crack open like one for like 20 pages. And then you like bring them back and you're like, I didn't, I didn't do any of the things I like set out to do. <laughs> it is okay. All the time. Just be yeah. realistic. Yeah. And um, I'm going to provide. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
Go ahead. I'm going to stop. No, I'm just, I'm just going to provide. <laughs> we're going to do a big Facebook post with like all of our show notes because we have so many links for you guys. But Health Harvard blog, I really like um, basically anywhere that's uh, like proven to be reputable and to have good scientific information, um, cdc.gov. Uh, I would not recommend, not you know, Fox. for example, yeah, not Vox. Like, don't don't goop yourself right now. Like, I'm totally OK if that's like, you know, if that's like you're if you're having like a spiritual journey and stuff, not here to judge that if that helps you. But we definitely want to rely on science now more than ever, mm-hmm. because that's what's going to help us. Um, we do have more questions to get through if you guys are going to go along with this wild, crazy ride that we have. But first, we're going to take a quick commercial break and then we're going to come back with you. Um, and we're going to be talking about nudes not the ones you send on Snapchat. <laughs> okay, and we're back. So Jerry asks, can y'all do something about homemade nudes, like an easy, minimal ingredient homemade pasta, pasta shapes, ramen, pulled nudes. I love the abbreviation of nudes <laughs> <laughs> so much. Too. Thank you, Jerry. That truly made my day. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to let Monique take it away on this one because I have never in my goddamn life made pasta ever. <laughs> uh, I am also a very amateur pasta maker. I have experienced doing it by hand only a couple of times. Um, and I got a pasta maker for my KitchenAid for Christmas. So I'm slowly learning how to make pasta, but I've only done it like two times. Um, however, I do think that this is one of the perfect times to start learning how to make pasta from scratch or anything really from scratch and just like learning those techniques um pasta making may seem super hard and while i think the processes are very intimidating and daunting um it's actually quite basic once you really understand it and you only really need like the right kind of flour water and maybe some eggs that's it like it's it's very simplistic in the recipe um, and fresh hot pasta, of course, hands down is better than any pasta you will buy in the store, unless you're in France and can buy pasta from Italy in the store. <laughs> I know. I was just telling you when it, I was like, I've literally never ate fresh pasta because we can in the store buy it. Like it's, um, in the refrigerated section, like you would buy, um, you know, pastry dough or, you know, like, uh, well, I guess in the U S we have it with like, uh, usually, um, what's the ravioli like, um, uh, but it's like super, fine super good pasta because it's from italy yeah so yeah yeah so tell me about um, your tell me about your nudes fuck you guys but anyway uh, <laughs> a few things not our not our listeners just me no no no, no. <laughs> fuck courtney <laughs> and her like luxurious lifestyle in europe my luxury nudes <laughs> um anyway here are a few things from my very limited experience in making nudes um I have never like truly hand pulled noodles before and I would really love to one day, um, but I have zero experience there and I highly recommend that anyone who wants to do any sort of pasta making, get some sort of tool to roll or cut your pasta. If you have the time to like hand pull your pasta and create noodles and everything like that, that's great. But it's, it's more so, so that you have the option to either hand pull or have a machine help you, which is um, obviously much quicker Uh, and you can get a hand create, crank a pasta maker for pretty cheap online too um though i highly recommend you get something that's automatic um uh just just have something that's going to be able to help you do this because if you spend so much time like doing it by hand the first time you're less likely to do it later 
Um, so first tip here is that the flour really matters. I have had a very difficult time making pasta from like your regular American pantry flour, your all-purpose flour. It's just never come out right ever whenever I did it with just that mm. flour. And a lot of recipes suggested using semolina flour or mixing semolina with regular flour. And I tried that last time and it came out much better and it held its texture perfectly. Um, I think because of the proteins in semolina flour, it helps yield right. like a very strong structure, which is really great if you're trying to cook pasta and sauces like I yes. have been. Um, just quick question, Monique. Semolina, yeah. is that just a different type of grain? I think so. I'm actually not entirely sure, to be honest. Um, I'm going to say, maybe. yeah, I, I, I have no idea. I mean, I'm imagining, well, usually with like supermarkets nowadays, you can pretty much find any alternative, anything like flour. So I imagine that most places have to have like this semolina. I think I've seen it in the stores here before. Um, I'm sure you have. It's in a lot of European cooking. Um, I just Googled it and said semolina is the coarse purified wheat middling middlings of Durham wheat, mainly used to make upma. I don't know what that is. Pasta Mm. and couscous. So I think it is something. Durham wheat is different than regular wheat. Oh, man, I hope this is not wrong (laughs) because I may look dumb. (laughs) Okay, everybody, I'm just going to remind you, we're not... We're not grain experts. We're not. We're not even experts. Uh, we're not experts. <laughs> Just the period. Period. <laughs> Woo. Okay. Uh, you can Tell Google me. that on your own time. Yes. Yeah. Google it. You. We know you have the time. Don't tell us you don't have the time. Uh, we all have the time right now. <laughs> yes. So tell me. Anyway. Tell me what Italians uh, use. Yeah. So Italians use this flour called, I don't know how they actually say it, but it's like zero zero flour, which is just very, very, very fine flour. And they use that um, alone or mix it with semolina usually to make their pasta. And I haven't been able to find it yet, but apparently if you use this, it makes the best pasta, like amazing. Um, So once I find that, I'm definitely going to try it out. Yes. So actually, now that you mentioned the the numbering system, so in France, we have a numbering system too for our flour. I don't know if it's like the fineness of the flour mm-hmm. for like, cause you can buy like different flour for like brioche or like if you're making like yes. general other stuff. Um, and it's like, like I've seen 45, I think, or like 60, like I, I'm yeah. not quite sure the science behind it. I've never seen that in an American grocery store though. Yeah, I did read a little bit about this whenever I was, like, researching flowers before. Yeah. Um, so the way Europeans, like, sort out their flower is, I think, by, like, the coarseness, and that's what, like, the, the number oh, okay. represents. So zero, zero is very fine, and then there's other numbers for different things. So you select, like, the grind and, like, the coarseness or whatever that you want for whatever you're baking, whereas Americans um, – organize their flour by its utility so we have all-purpose flour for right. all-purpose things we have bread flour we have pasta flour like self-rising we, we organize yeah. it by like whatever you're going to use it for versus like right. the actual like coarseness of yes. it so it's just a different way of like packaging and organizing yes. things because i do miss self-rising flour a lot because i miss mm-hmm. like having already having that like um you know rising agent inside of it because yeah. now i have to like figure out i'm like oh god like there's like eight types of yeast in france i'm like Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah um, 
But anyway, yeah, so for Asian noodles, there's actually a lot more diversity in the flour that they use. Um, There's regular flour, but there's also mung bean flour, uh, buckwheat flour, rice flour, like the list goes on. There's a bunch of different ways to make pasta. And I have no idea how any of these work for each other because I have never made any sort of like Asian noodles. Um, But they all go through a very similar process of choosing the right flour, working the dough and shaping it to meet whatever needs you're trying to accomplish. Um, One thing I will suggest is that if anyone is new to pasta making, may I suggest that you start with gnocchi. Um, If you're new to pasta making or you want to make something easy from scratch and you don't have a lot of tools, this is a really, really great pasta to start with. I recently made it for the first time with absolutely no tools and it was really that simple. Yeah, gnocchi dough is just made by... Freaking Bear Grylls over here (laughs) up in her kitchen. (laughs) Noki dough is actually just made by combining potatoes, all-purpose flour, and egg. That is it. You sort of knead it for a little bit, and then you cut it into the little shapes that they usually are. And to get it into, like, the the true gnocchi shape with, like, the indentions and everything, you just roll the little little nuggets over a fork, and it creates the shape that it needs. That's it. That's all you gotta do. Yay! Nuggets! I love it. It's also a really great great recipe to do as a group whenever you're quarantined with your roommates or your significant other or your children. So like it's a really fun group activity as I think all pasta making is really. Right. So Asian and hand pulled no- pulled noodles. I have never tried to make any sort of Asian noodle and I have definitely not tried to make any hand-pulled noodles. So I'm not going to pretend that I can speak on this, but I did look into this and it seems like a great method to do if you don't have a lot of tools. Like it, it, it's something that you could do very easily. So I'm actually very excited to try it soon. Um, I'm going to share the recipes that I'm going to use when I eventually decide to give this a shot. They're from two of my favorite Asian food bloggers. Uh, The first is a hand-pulled noodle recipe from Way of Red House Spice Blog. Mm. Um, and she is someone who is from China, but is now based in England. And the next blogger is, uh, Maggie Zhu from Omnivore's Cookbook, who has, who is also Chinese, but is based in Austin, Texas. And she has really great Chinese recipes. She also has some really great ramen recipes. Uh, we're going to share those links. Oh my gosh. I'm Uh, so hungry. (laughs) We also... (laughs) I know, me too. We also have a really great resource for, like, the Italian, like, versus Asian noodles and just, like, how those are different and, like, the difference in techniques and everything like that that we're going to share. And lastly, if you are looking how... If you're looking to learn how to make Italian pasta, I highly suggest checking out Pasta Grannies on YouTube or getting the cookbook that they came out with. I just discovered it and it is an absolute joy and they have so many different recipes and so many different ways to make pasta it's insane are these so these are grannies who make pasta grannies from italy making pasta which someone is recording them making pasta and sharing the recipes with you Oh, it is like that is fantastic home cooking in italy like it's beautiful and very accessible yes and oh my gosh i love that Okay, so Monique just gave us a rundown for pasta, which I think is a another, like she said, a great example of like, you don't need that much stuff to make it. I mean, of course, it is like a little bit tricky with different techniques and stuff. Um, yeah. But it's just an example of like, if you teach yourself how to cook and you invest in that, like, you know, maybe, maybe don't start a hobby, you know, this like, uh, this COVID-19, <laughs> maybe make it more, okay, I'm going to invest more into like cooking techniques. Because I feel like the yeah. more that I learn, like I can... Like I love now walking into like a kitchen, like an Airbnb kitchen, like when I'm like on vacation, 
seeing how many spices I can work with and being like, all right, I'm ready to like, this is my own personal, like chef's table challenge. Like, what can I do? (laughs) And, um, yeah. Yeah. And you really just learn that by like picking it up from like different, you know, just different things and by starting with like these from scratch recipes and just like learning the basics of how things interact with each other it's like even if you flop like you learn something from it and like you're a better cook because of it and you'll be able to do a lot more things yes so we are on to our next question katie asks can you show me how to make a mcdonald's meal from two eggs half a brioche and a carrot my friend (laughs) she's in france wait 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 wait. does mcdonald's have carrots i think they might (laughs) no i think they have apple slices for the kids like for like the healthy dessert option for there (laughs) not that i've ever gotten a children's meal from mcdonald's in france or in the u.s i'm just kidding i love the kids meals um when I was actually first learning French, I loved going to Macto like once a month because they would give out free books for a while. And it was like the perfect oh, level of French for me in the beginning. That's beautiful. So, you know, love that. So, Katie, I wish I could. Um, you can, however, make a breakfast sandwich, actually, by doing two fried eggs between two slices of brioche. I would recommend if you have any sort of like sausage, like adding that between because I, I don't think I've actually seen... Um, an American McDonald's like breakfast style menu in Europe. I've never, I, I think oh. they're only open usually from like, um, like if they have like a breakfast, it's usually sweet stuff in Europe. Um, or yeah. at least I found um, like in France and Italy, which is like, I think the only Mac Joe's I've been to. Um, so I would say like, yeah, like do like a little like sausage patty or something. And like, that would be like what, like a McGriddle, I think basically from yeah. like the, from the U.S. Wait, no. like that's Aren't the, the McGriddles the pancake one? Yes, the McGriddles. But brioche is kind of that sweet bread, too. So, like, brioche yeah. can be a little bit sweet. So, like, ooh, if you do that that's with, like, a little bit of maple it. syrup. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, yes. We love syrup. the savory and sweet. Um, and then also you can do a little bit of cheese on that, too, because we got great cheese in France. Um, I do think that if you're looking for uh, a McDonald's uh, fix and also just add the carrot on the side or for garnish, which is or just like <laughs> just like throw it to the dog. Um, but if you're looking for a fix, I'd recommend a recipe for thin French fries, because honestly, I think that's probably the easiest like thing to make that would satisfy a lot of people. And mm. I love homemade French fries. Um, I haven't made them in quite some time, though. Uh, so anything that's look for a recipe for thin French fries and lots of salt to satisfy your cravings. I found a really high, uh, starred recipe where you could basically do like imitation fries. I'm going to put them in the show notes and on our Facebook post and it's from serious eats. And hopefully that will be able to satisfy any, um, any children complaining in the household about (laughs) not getting their, their McDonald's in rural France. So also, pro tip of making fries at home, make sure your oil is super hot or else they're not going to get crispy and don't let them sit in the oil whenever you take them out. Like, make sure you dry them off. Yes. Yeah. You don't want, um, you don't want like super gross, like, uh, ugh, like oil filled fries. No. Soggy, soggy potatoes. That's what yeah. you'll get if you, oil is not hot enough. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But there's like, there's so many, like a potato is a really good example of like a staple food that I think a lot of people overlook. Yes. I mean, it's so, so many versatile to do with a potato. Oh my yes. god, I love potatoes. Yes, and potatoes make last gnocchi. a long time. Yes, make no key. <laughs> little nugget. Um, <laughs> but yes, but Monique's gonna tell us a little bit more about. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit more about preservation of food, like potatoes that can last for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So Amr asks, uh, what are some ways that you can prolong the shelf lives of foods? Uh, can I freeze lunch meats that I got from the deli last week? What do I do about milk or eggs? 
Yes. So basically, just let everyone know, if you have a fully functioning freezer, you can basically freeze everything. I'm going to include two awesome resources that I found um, for tips and stuff. Basically, the essential tips that I will say is you're going to want to use Tupperware or freezer bags, preferably airtight. Do not freeze in glass unless it's specifically stated that you can freeze in glass. Um, yeah, we're not going to get into the science of glass freezing, but it's just uh, in general better to stick to Tupperware or freezer bags. Also, if you're, let's say you're trying to make, um, so like, let's say you're doing a bunch of meal prep. And so like you've made a ton of casseroles, you put them in their individual like uh, Tupperware containers, but you just cooked it. Do not put hot containers immediately in the freezer. Leave it to cool nope. off. Uh, from everything I've read, things uh, that can last a long time in the freezer. Um, from everything I've read, obviously things can last a long time in the freezer. That's, I mean, one of the reasons it's such an amazing invention. But there seems to kind of be a sweet spot of two months for a lot of things mentioned in a lot of the articles that I read. Seems like more flavor and nutrition might take a dive after this point for mm -hmm. some things, even if they're safe to consume, which is not to say like, I mean, don't throw them out after two months. But it, I kept seeing two months pop up for a lot of things in terms of like flavor consumption and like, um, you know, nutrition consumption. So if you're if you're worried about maintaining that, uh, you know, maybe the two month sweet spot. I'm also going to provide, so you can't see us, a link to the official 2018 Food and Drug Administration's printout for freezer recommendations in the show <laughs> notes. Um, Monique is about to tell us why this is a, this is a little bit overly cautious, but I'm just saying yeah. you can't sue us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the FDA is very strict and tight about how long things can last in the refrigerator or freezer. You will notice that if you even just glance at that sheet that we're about to share. And this is for good reasons. They are a food safety organization and these are time frames. Frames, uh, that we can guarantee food will be safe for consumption. And this is really great, especially at restaurants where you don't know who is handling your food and things like that. Um, however, at home, it doesn't necessarily mean that your rice or chicken is spoiled after three days. It means that there's more of a risk because bacteria is growing on it to a point where like it can make us sick, but it usually won't. Like, most people I'd wager would like keep things in their fridge for like a week or something like that. And that is usually fine. Yes. Yes. I just don't want people to freak out when they read those things. And it's like, oh my God, my rice is spoiled after two days. And I'm like, you could still eat it. There's just right. more of a risk. Right. Yeah. And an in increased risk. It's just, we don't want to tell you something. And then if you get sick, you're like, uh, well, the Rue said, just, you can't sue us. And, <laughs> we are not um, authorities aren't anything. Back to our other point. We are not experts, period. <laughs> yes. We're just, we're just not experts. We're just existing. We're just sort of float around. Um, but I will say, um, another thing too, is like, uh, for freezer burn, that's kind of why you want to do that air tightness. It's not, uh, I think it's also to do with food safety, but also flavor because nobody wants to eat freezer burn. No stuff. one wants freezer burn meat. No. Um, but anyway, Amr, uh, to answer your specific questions about, you know, deli meat and milk and eggs, deli meat can definitely be thrown thrown into the freezer for about six months. Um, whenever you take it out and defrost it, it's going to be a little bit watery. Don't worry. Just drain it. It's good to eat. Um, eggs can last you in the refrigerator for 
uh, in the refrigerator for almost a month. But if you want to freeze them, the best way to do this is to crack them um, into a freezer-safe container and beat them until the yolk and the whites are combined. Um, I highly suggest that you get some small containers and only put, like, two eggs per container so that if a recipe calls for two eggs, you're only defrosting two <laughs> eggs instead of a giant tub of eggs. Your um, partner comes in the kitchen like, my God! You're defrosting all 60 eggs at once. Yeah, uh, don't do that. That would be weird. (laughs) Don't be weird. Anyway, next thing is that you can definitely put a jug of milk in the freezer for up to six months to a year. Um, My mom would actually freeze milk and bread during hurricanes when I was a kid all the time. So I can attest this is definitely a okay. Yes. I also want to add, we freeze baguettes all the time because basically the grocery store will offer, they'll be like, oh, buy like four baguettes and like get another fifth one free. And it's like very competitive between bakeries. So we like to buy extra baguettes and then freeze them. You do have to like basically eat them though all in one sitting or else it'll get like super hard once you reheat it. So yeah. Um, Also, while we're on the subject, uh, my mom has become freaked out by the hoarders. Um, So (laughs) what she's done is she's bought enough meat to last um, her and my dad like two weeks. And she's divided it up and vacuum sealed it and put it into the freezer. Um, So this is great for anyone who's feeling super, super anxious about not being able to find ground meat or chicken on the shelves. Um, Just, you know, you can freeze that for now. Don't buy it a ton. Like you don't need all the meat. Just have enough so that if something happens, like you're okay. And that's good practice for every day, to be honest. And then, you know, obviously also for your veggies, just buy them pre-frozen or canned or dried and they're going to last you through the apocalypse. Just don't buy them fresh if you're not going to use them immediately. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> on to our next question in this lovely apocalyptic time. What are some good recipes with ramen noodles? What are some good recipes for building up your immunity? That was Donna, my sweet mother. So for ramen noodles, we actually covered this a little bit in our last episode. Um, basically, we recommend adding frozen veggies and any protein source available into your ramen. Uh, I love to add like a soft boiled egg as a great addition because it makes it feel like having like real ramen again. And it's super cheap if you want to add it in just as your primary protein source because eggs in general are super cheap. Um, I've also made like the ramen eggs, like where you pickle them in a jar. And Ooh. actually, this is a this is a good time because it takes a few days for them to like fully develop. There's some really good recipes for that. Um, so, but I really want to address this uh, question about immunity, um, because, so this is something that we see a lot in the media when it comes to public health and when it comes to ideas about like what health is. And so for example, like there are, you know, a million ads for like vitamin supplements and stuff, like all just, I mean, any, anywhere you go, there's like something that's like being advertised to you as like a super food or like a super vitamin or like things that are going to like boost your immunity. And the thing is, um, I want us to talk about scientific literacy right now, because it's now more important than ever in a pandemic to address this issue. There are a lot of wild things being circulated, um, during this crisis. But one thing that I would like to passionately remind everyone is that we must rely on scientific facts. Granted, science is imperfect. Uh, It is often produced by government or private agencies for various purposes, but science is also much better than someone trying to sell you snake oil cures, which is my main concern right now. I don't want you to go buy like a CBD oil that somebody like hasn't tested or hasn't gone through like the FDA because they promise that it's going to like help you somehow during the COVID-19 crisis. 
So, uh, for, and also like if somebody's telling you like, oh, you need to stock up on like spinach because it's superfood. Like, yes, spinach is like, you know, it's a, it's a great nutritionally dense vegetable. But like, if that person is telling you that it's going to prevent COVID, please punch that person straight in the face <laughs> and direct them maybe to some better sources on the internet. Now, I always love the health blog at Harvard University because they have great information. They invite different um, scientists and doctors and medical providers to like write different posts. So we're not going to get into a hard biology for this episode because I'm not equipped for it, nor do you probably need to know more than what's important for the average person. The immune system is a system. It is made up of various parts. It is very complex. The idea about boosting said immune system, you cannot see it, but I'm doing finger quotes around boosting. <laughs> The immune system is a popular health phrase that we've seen thrown around a lot in the media, but the truth is that your immune system, if you're not immunocompromised, is probably doing a good job of working right now. As of my typing, Harvard says we actually don't have a scientifically proven direct link between lifestyle and enhanced immune function. So notice that word enhance, so boosting. Um, there's We don't actually have any links to like, okay, as in somehow you're operating better than the average non-compromised person, which I think is very important for us to remember. There is no magic pill. And honestly, the way that you can best defend yourself is by taking the best precautions and by doing small steps that promote healthy lifestyles in general. I know that this is boring. I know it's not sexy. <laughs> science, science tells us to protect, um, to protect ourselves by practicing good hygiene, washing hands, keeping clean, etc. Especially now the name of the game in life is to avoid environmental assaults and promote healthy living strategies. So we're not boosting our immune system. We're just keeping it intact as best as we can right now. So basic science over the years has told us that means in general, we can follow these guidelines. Don't smoke, eat a well-balanced diet with lots of fruits and vegetables, exercise regularly, maintain a healthy weight, drink alcohol only in moderation, get adequate sleep and try to minimize stress. This is yes. so unsexy that I literally almost fell asleep writing this list. <laughs> I literally last night That's was important. like, yes, I was drinking a glass of red wine, just one as I, as I wrote this script and I was like, I'm going to fall asleep right on my face. I'm like, this is so boring. <laughs> but uh, one thing I also want to say is, so I'm, like I said, I'm not as somebody who has struggled with um, alcohol and drugs in the past. I am not going to uh, judge you on how you cope through this uh, coronavirus pandemic. I will say that I have noticed a lot of people in increasing their alcohol use, which um, yeah. for me, I would just say, try to try to keep an eye on that because I think for, for a lot of people, it's like, oh, like everybody's kind of doing it. It's almost like a hurricane party kind of feeling. Yeah, except we're in this for the long haul. Yes. And you can't do this every night. Yes, yeah. And just, you know, and that can be too, you know, like if you feel like you are struggling, I encourage you to reach out to people. There's also yes. one thing I want to talk about. So in terms of our current epidemic and pandemic, I really beg of you, if you are a smoker, to stop smoking or vaping. Uh, COVID is mainly respiratory. And so you're not doing any favor to your lungs by making them more vulnerable. Uh, we know that smokers and like, and this is weed too. Um, you know, it, it makes you basically like you're, you've compromised your lungs. And so like, we know that smokers in general have more increased risk and rates of like respiratory infections in general. I would encourage everyone at this point in time to be very wary also too of health influencers who are trying to sell you products. Mm, I realize yeah. everyone is suffering right now, economically, physically, spiritually, et cetera. But unless you have vitamin deficiency, supplements or supposed superfoods have been shown to be largely unnecessary for most people. So the best way to 
finger quotes, boost. And by boost, I mean, <laughs> practice a healthy lifestyle in general is to do the boring things. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It has to be boring. <laughs> I miss drugs Eat so much. veggies, go yes. on walks, like, <laughs> just do normal things to yes. stay healthy. <laughs> yes. Make meals with lots of variety. Since we are self-quarantining, distancing, or even mandated to be home by our local governments, really just depending on where you are at this point, because it really just depends. I would recommend stockpiling vegetables and fruits. And when I say stockpiling, I mean like obviously you're not you're not trying to buy more than you would need for like one week or two weeks like we said we're not trying to do the panic buying because that allows grocery stores to like get and we have plenty of like surplus especially in the u.s like the their warehouses are going to be fine don't worry um if you can't find it frozen buy it fresh and bulk prepared at home if you have the time buy it already made in the freezer section if it's available. Cans are also fine. I know a lot of people don't really like canned foods, but I, I think that's been bought quite a bit during this. Um, but also it's like they, they last so long. So like yes, they're, they, yeah. they're great to have. So maybe don't cook with it every day, but it's like, right. If you, yeah. if you're trying to stock your pantry, like they're great. Yes. And like, honestly, all my beans come from a can. I, Mont does not have time to fucking sit with soaking her beans, doing a goddamn pot of them. Just not doing them unless it's There's like red beans of rice. Though. <laughs> oh there is yeah there's a really easy way to quick soak it it takes like an extra uh i don't know if it's like 30 minutes to an hour it's it's oh, quick uh, and really lost. To soak it. <laughs> <laughs> no but like you don't have to do anything with it you just cover it <laughs> the beans taste better you know what okay I'm you're going like, for flavor I'm like my quick soak method okay like yes. look so if you're going for flavor do the quick soak method that monique is if you're like me and you're trying to get through a day just pour (laughs) it out from the can be that person um i'm just i'm just saying like if you want fresh beans there's a way to do it yes yes yeah but we just want to remind you of course and i mean obviously people have noticed this because this is what is missing from the stores most of all but beans rice and pasta are going to be great staples to have at this time to supplement um you know, any sort of nutritional needs and stuff. I don't think we're going to get to that point. I really don't with like the, no. the, I mean, just the sheer we have enough food. Yes. I mean the sheer level really, like if you think about our agricultural system and this is in Europe and in the U S like, I, I think we're going to be quite, quite all right. But, um, I do understand that for some people it can be anxiety inducing. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. Also, uh, yeah, Courtney just laid down a, a great explanation for like the second half of this question, but I did quickly want to go back to the ramen part and I wanted we to love put ramen. In a plug. I wanted to put in a plug for Priya Krishna's uh Malaysian ramen recipe that's in her cookbook Ooh. called Indian. It's in her cookbook called Indianish. Um it is fantastic. I'm going to look it that is, up right now. Well, not yeah, now. Me and Kizzer love making this. It's super easy. It feeds two people. And it's just like a nice twist on like mm. instant ramen. Yes. Yeah. And like you can find so many like, I mean, I mean, of course you guys know how to Google, obviously. Um, you know how to Google. Yes. But like what I, what I usually look for is like, um, you know, like anytime you type in like easy, easy ramen recipes, cheap, easy ramen recipes or like um, sometimes I'll even Google, like I'll be like, what can I make with blah, 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 blah. And turns out with the amount of people that we have on the internet, somebody has already asked that question somewhere and written a blog post about <laughs> it, complete with a full detailed like journal entry about how they walked their golden retriever down a beach. And somehow that inspired them to start cooking again. <laughs> Love it. Yes. So that was the, that was the end of our, um, the end of our questions. And, um, 
we just want to wrap up by first off saying thank you guys so much for first off listening, supporting us. Um, but we also just want to give a special thank you to those who are providing essential services during this difficult time in a truly unprecedented yeah. global crisis. We are talking about not only our healthcare providers, but the administrators, the grocery store workers, the mail service providers, restaurants and local businesses providing food delivery. We know that these are difficult times for everyone. And some people are truly, truly suffering due to the economic fallout of this. Like we said, it's been absolutely unprecedented. If you are unable to work from home or your job has forced you into a difficult position by telling you to leave um, or basically just use your uh, paid time off um, or has laid you off so that they they know, because I've heard even from some friends, they've been directly fired so that they can actually file, file for unemployment, which is like just a devastating yeah. situation that for business provider and employee to have to be put through. But we want to offer our condolences to all of these difficult situations, to everyone going through this. Um, nearly every industry, I think, has been affected by this pandemic. So we just want to say that um, not that everything is going to be better because we can't promise that, but that mm -hmm. we just were with you in this where a lot of people are suffering. And we just want to let you know that our support is there for you. And of course, we're also going to encourage you to practice good hygiene by washing your hands, respecting your local government's instruction for moving around in your community, keeping a meter. So that's three feet basically, or even six feet if possible from another person when you're out, you know, going for your, your self insanity, uh, providing walk by yourself, like outdoors, because it's okay to be out as long as we're keeping a safe distance and you're not actively infected Yes, and just being gentle with yourself as we ride this thing out, because it's, it's going to be wild for a while. Yeah. And, you know, we're all going through this together. All of us have, like, varying degrees of, like, how much we're suffering right now. So, like, you know, like Courtney said, like, we feel for you and we're here for you for the people who have suffered because they've lost their jobs or something like that or their businesses closed. Like, so many things have happened and, like, we feel for you. Um, also just want to give a very special thank you for the employees that are all of a sudden considered essential employees, maybe without their knowing, uh, consent or understanding, because I think, you know, whenever we think of essential employees during a crisis like this, we are thinking about doctors and hospital workers and everything right. like that, but we are not thinking about the grocery store clerks. Um, we're not thinking about people who work in restaurants and everything like that. And so, for you to to have to like put your life at more risk than some of us um, is very unfair, especially like in America, given, you know, wages and everything like that. So I just personally want to say like a huge, huge thank you to you for going out and doing your jobs every day, despite like the shittiness of our system. Yes. Yeah, because it's, you know, realizing that these are truly essential because it's these everyday things that everybody takes advantage of. And it's true because for a lot of people, you know, maybe you are going out and like Monique said, you're being, you are being more exposed because you're simply around just more people in general and people yes. have to get things like groceries and stuff. And maybe you have to do it because you don't have a choice. Like you don't have savings or you're living paycheck to paycheck. And we just want to say thank you. And that, you know, I really do hope that this pushes like for, for France, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm more, I'm less worried about, um, because, you yep. know, for example, we have a pretty good social infrastructure here when it comes to healthcare for the U S I really hope that this pushes us into the direction of getting stronger social infrastructures in place. So that yes. way 
if you lose a job, you do not lose access to healthcare. That should just be like basic human rights. Basic. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we just want to thank you guys. Um, we hope that, you know, I know a lot of people are consuming content right now because what else is there to do for a lot of us? Um, Mm -hmm. you can follow us, uh, on Instagram and Facebook at the Podcast. Um, check us out on social media. Um, I'm going to try to edit this episode and get it up soon so that you guys just have something to consume in this wild <laughs> and unruly times that we're living in. Um, yeah. but, and yeah, but I mean, until then, yeah. you know, just be gentle with yourself. I appreciate yeah. you, Monique. I'm sorry that you have to spend your birthday. I appreciate you. Inside. It's okay. I think. Did no, your cats even okay. get you I'm anything? So <laughs> no, they didn't. Bastards. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been a weird thing of just trying to figure out how to still celebrate something like this when everything's going on. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah. Because culture also... is important. Yeah. Yeah. And celebrating is important. And it, yes. I also just want to say like, it's okay to be bummed right now. Yes. about Things being canceled. Like I think there's this overwhelming sort of like, push that we need to selflessly like be okay with having to give up things and it's like yes we do have to give up things and sacrifice but also it's like it's okay to not feel selfless about that and to be upset about it it's okay if you're upset that your graduation was canceled or your birthday party was canceled or like whatever like you don't have to be okay with that right now like you can be sad and if you want to be sad with me like hit me up (laughs) yes yes and I, I will say just one more thing um one of my favorite podcasts, 10% Happier, um, run by, I believe, Dan Harris. So they have an app where they're offering their meditation app for free to healthcare providers um, for six months, I believe. And I know a lot of different health like apps and stuff are kind of doing these promotions. I would I would definitely actively tell people, like, if you see that, share it with your friends and stuff, because it's so important right now, I think now more than ever to try to take care of ourselves. And like, even when we don't really feel like doing it, or even if it's just like, I did literally like one minute of yoga, hey, that's still one minute (laughs) that you did. And like, it's okay to do it bummed out. We're not we're not asking you to say namaste. We're not asking you to be like, just like happy and like, to just like, you know, shoo your feelings under the rug, because that's not what this is about. Um, That's not healthy. And it's it's not healthy. Yes. Uh, We love you guys so much. Yes, thank you so much for listening, um, and we hope you all stay safe and healthy, and please wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash Do your it right now. Hands. When's the last right time now. you wash your hands? Do it right now. Go wash them right now. We're suddenly getting listening. aggressive at the end of the episode. Oh, no. We've officially lost it. <laughs> we have absolutely lost it. We've definitely lost it, but we're going to leave you guys. Um, we'll probably, uh, I'm hoping going to be able to do another episode. I mean, for us, the quarantine, we're expecting it to last at least six weeks. So that's usually with our, yeah, we're doing it like about every three weeks is what Monique and I have the the resources to do, but we shall see. Maybe we'll do four in a row. Who knows? (laughs) Every week just because we're we're bored. (laughs) We're like, let's talk about the food in Zelda. Woo! Actually, we should talk about that. <laughs> we, we really should. Yes. I'm also playing Overcooked right now with Alex. It's so fun. I, I highly recommend that. it. I need to check yes. that out. Yes. I get a glass of wine, get a glass of your favorite thing, not the bottle. Put down the bottle. Mm-hmm. Just get the glass. the glass. Yes. And you go and you play your game. Beautiful. Speaking of which, I'm about to go play Animal Crossing for the next okay. 12 hours. <laughs> All right, Monique. We're going to let you go to play Animal Crossing. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye.